big monitors, and multiple monitors. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. It's Tuesday night. That means this is Mac Voices Live, at least for us. Uh, if you're listening to this later, then obviously it's another time for you, which means you should have been here on Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern to join us in the YouTube chat room and to throw your comments, questions, thoughts at us so we can react and to give us something to talk about because there's nothing going on. Now, that's not quite true. That's not quite true. I've got one story that or a situation I want to relate to uh, the panel and get their reaction and an article that sent my blood pressure up. Um, and then uh, after that, it's kind of going to be a free for all. So let's run around the room and see who is here. Uh, so taking my screen as usual, Mr. David Ginsburg is in. Mr. David, good to see you. Good to see you as well. Um, looking at my big 32 inch binder, you guys look so huge. Oh. Good to be here. I want to come back to that, David, because I have a question right. about that. So that's okay. good. Uh, well, Mr. Well, Gamut. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jeff Gamut is here. Mr. Gamut, how are you? I'm doing well. And uh, I, I missed all of you last week. So you missed uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, timing. But uh, yeah. I, I'm glad to, to see everyone this week. Yeah. It's that whole life thing, Jeff, you know, <clears throat> keeps keeps interfering with us. It, it really, really does. And I apologize for occasionally having a life. Well, just don't want it to happen too often. Uh, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody on this panel has to worry about that. Mr. Jay Miller is back again. Jay, welcome. Good to see you. Glad to be here. I, I miss Jeff, too, because Jeff is, for those that don't know, the person that I send all of my goofy links to in the chat and no one wanted to entertain me last week. So Jeff, you're going to, you're going to have to make up for it twice in a row now. Well, I expect you to entertain me with your goofy links. It's a symbiotic relationship. Okay. (laughs) Not quite sure what to say to that. Um, Chuck, Chuck, you want our goofy links too, don't you? Oh, sure. Send me the goofy links. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know what they might include. Last but absolutely not least, Mr. Jim Ray is back with us. Jim, great to have you. Great to see all of you in my new 32-inch monitor. What? 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 He's a 32-inch monitor. Well, there you got two people to talk to about it. Are you really? You guys are really 32-inch monitors. Wow. Yes. Okay. So, all right, so let's do full disclosure. What what brands? Mine is a Samsung. Mine's a Dell. Nice. Okay. Ultra Sharp? Uh, it's, yeah, I guess. It's 4K, 32-inch curved. It oh, replaces curved. a 27-inch curved Samsung, which was not Retina. Hmm. So... Uh, yeah, no, I love it. I've had it for a couple of weeks, but I didn't mention it because I thought that wasn't interesting enough. Wow. Well, Jeff already is sitting there with one. Uh, hey, Jeff. I, I have, uh, HP Z34 
screen, so it's 34 inch curved. And Jay is using his machine gun keyboard. Yeah. So we can hear everything you type. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, head, I didn't you? <laughs> sorry, my 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 monitor is not either 30 plus inches or curved. So but I am on a 5K LG display. Nice. Okay. What did I guys, what did I say was going to happen? What did I say was going to happen? Something simple. <laughs> By the way, I'm Jim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot to say that. Okay, now it's a party. <laughs> and it's a party. Hello, Kelly. Yay, Hi. the scared off Kelly. one. <laughs> oh, I wasn't scared off. I, just... I know. I, Brittany I, and I, I took the I same Tuesday off, and y'all are over here discussing pregnancy tests. I had to make sure we keep you in mind. When did talk about that? We're talking about we also, 32 inch monitors. Chuck, what are you doing uh -huh. in the editing? Yeah. <laughs> and, and anyhow, and that's when we realized Mark Fuccio wasn't wearing any pants. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, Mark. Uh -oh. <laughs> How did you know, Jeff? <laughs> it's, it, it was quite a party. Jeff yeah. always knows. Yeah. Well, but the well, real question is, Mark, how big is your monitor? And is it curved? No. Nope, there's a pill for that. <laughs> Jay, the, the nice thing about my monitor is I could buy four of them for the price of the one you've got. I, I mean, I didn't pay for mine, so I'm oh, I'm okay well, with it. Actually, that's a good question, because uh, I am thinking of you know buying an, uh, another external monitor. So, uh, and I'm what thinking, have you got now? Well, watch the right. replay. Well, watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, do you have a panel of four by four? You know, 32, 37? I have one 32. Curved it's, Dell? It's a, a Dell it's or a an Dell, LG? It's a Dell curved. I just got it a couple of weeks ago, and it's just spectacular. I um, don't know the model number, but that is one I have been looking at and considering. I think it's a Q3227 or something like that. Yeah, obviously 27, but it could be QR32. Who knows? <laughs> uh, actually, let's see. I was just texting somebody. So it's an S3221QS. So the okay. S series. Okay. That's We're a good. catchy name, isn't it? So <laughs> you just got it today or a couple days ago or since last session? Um, I got it about 10 days ago. Okay. And And it's very heavy. I almost strained something just getting it out of the box. It's 4K or 4K? Uh, it's 4K, and um, um, and it's it's very nice build quality, and it's got a nice stand that's a, a adjustable and height and even tilt, and 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 it's very smooth. The the adjustment, you know, it feels very solid. And what's the fuel economy on it? I feel very embarrassed that you know I've I've never had a, any piece of Dell equipment in forty years. This is my first. Don't uh -huh. be embarrassed about having yeah. Dell displays. That uh, Dell displays no, I, are actually they're awesome. awesome. I know nice. they have a they have a really good reputation. I knew I knew that. So but, wait, Jim, so, you you've never had the ability to say, "Dude, I got a Dell." I have never <laughs> did. This is it. this so, is it. This is the first time. The set behind me is a pair of Dell 24-inch IPS displays. And uh, 
because I, it used to be that I had one and, and then later Mr. Kelly bought the same one. So now he has the pair of them and I have two LG 27 inch 4k displays on my desk now. So, um, yeah, the only problem I ever had with, uh, the one of those that was, uh, my Dell display was, um, it had the same display panel in it as the Thunderbolt monitor from Apple. And sometimes I couldn't see it over the pile of money that I did not spend on the Thunderbolt monitor and still had a beautiful screen. That was like my only complaint about it ever. And it was great. <laughs> it's still going strong now. So, yeah. yeah. And I've got two, two Dell 27s behind me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I mean. We regularly admire your matched pair, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dell Dell makes great uh, Dell makes great uh, monitors. You know, you, you you can't down Jeff down. Oh, I forgot to synchronize my colors with uh, with Chuck. Hold on, let me fix so is there a Kelly, if, if, Kelly, if you were Andy Lee and had said that at uh, Mac Tech in 2011, the internet would be all over all over you. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't surprise me. Oh, okay, yeah. This isn't the internet. I just got mine uh, this past weekend, so I am the, probably the newbie, but I do have a 27-inch Dell to my right here, which is is an awesome monitor, too. That's the, the P yeah. series, P27. But this 32 is uh, the one unique thing I have on this is it's got a picture-by-picture picture where I can hook up two computers to two different HDMI uh, connectors and have both on side by side, just by pushing it cool. I guess this will do that too, but I, I'm not going to do that. You know, another bonus to buying a non-Apple display, like the various displays we all have, is that typically they all come with, with uh, Visa mount support and yep. the adapter hardware in the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, another and- a bonus to buying a non-Apple display is there is... They exact actually exist. There, there's that. <laughs> no. But you can buy one if you want yeah. to display them from Apple. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would point out to go with the the Visa display mount is uh, something that I've set up on my desk right now. You just can't see it because I'm talking to you using the monitor that I have this for, which is the um, behind the Visa mount display. Uh, I you can buy a Visa mount that has a place in it for a mini for example, like a, a little tiny computer that you can put right between, like I have a monitor arm on my desk with each of the arms coming out, holding up the screens. So I have that. And then behind one of them, I have my mini, my 2011 mini that is my Plex server and what have you. And so it just lives back there, like transparently, the only time you know anything about it is when I run my keyboard cable to the back of my monitor and it looks a little funny, but otherwise like it's really compact and very nice and something being considered for the mini behind me there we go um yeah because it's super handy to be able to just tuck your computer right behind your screen and you know if you really want an iMac and don't want to don't want to buy one you can put the tuck the computer right behind your screen just like if you had an iMac I I just got this little thing to tuck two computers Mm -hmm. behind my screen yeah um nice that's nice it was like about a match there 20 bucks on Amazon. (laughs) So I I have to ask, because uh, Jim, especially for you, you're giving up a screen. 
So, I mean, if, unless you just don't have the desk space for it, which is completely valid, why would you not just have one more screen where you could put pallets or Twitter or something as um, opposed to folding it up and putting it behind your computer? Okay, let me uh, let me take another picture here to my right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, okay. He yeah, has more screens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... so I've got four computers, a phone, and an iPad in front of me, plus the 32-inch monitor. Well, I think what's wrong enough. with working on one screen? Um, I mean, also, I will, I'm not going to say I'm the youngest person here, but... I will. You're the youngest my, person here. You're the youngest person I mean, here. My, my resolution tends to be small enough that I can fit everything I need on a 27-inch monitor. Same. Even if they weren't 4K. Uh, I, yeah, one of my security measures is I put everything at a point size where I can read it and apparently nobody else can. So, yeah. Hey, Jay, get off our lawn. I set a timer on which one of y'all it was going to be. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, Chuck, <laughs> doing a single display when it's a big display can actually, for a lot of people, improve productivity. Because oh, it's easier to keep track of what you have where, and uh, and it's all so on the same screen for for me when I was able to move to this thirty four inch display, uh, you know I I got rid of a, a smaller display that that I had, and I had to have my laptop screen open all the time. Get the big display, laptop lid is closed, push the laptop out of the way, free up a little more desk space. Everything I need is right here in front of me. If I'm doing something where I really, really need to have the extra screen, like if I'm doing some sort of prezzo where I, I need to have other data on a, on a second screen, then I just um, do sidecar with my iPad and, uh, and then I can yeah, set yeah. it right here in front of me as opposed to, you know, laptop off to the side. And, uh, and then I can just look down real quick to see the other info that I need. And Unless you have one screen is an iPad, because you know what Chuck says about doing real work on an iPad, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever been accused you know, of actually doing work. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I, I, let me check my notes. Yes, yes, that's correct. Yes. But um, it's, I, I think it's interesting, Jeff, because I... I, I debated when I when I decided to get these two, um, my matched pair. Um, I yes. I figured that you know, this, so much. yeah. This this is he's got two this, eyes, two eyes, two ears, two screens. <laughs> yes. No. So <laughs> no. It. Um, I, I find though that I like having separate screens. Now there are times I admit that you know because of the way the Mac OS works, you can't overlap the two. So a window has to be either on one or on the other, but for the most part, I've I've kind of adjusted to it, and it's like okay, I can I can have everything you know for one project over here and one thing for another project over here, and then I've got my laptop right in front of me. Yeah. So it's it's just a I don't there's no right or wrong answer. It's just the way you work. But yeah. I've I've I, I saw David's picture that he had two, well two inputs as he's explained. And that had some appeal to me too, because then it's just one one big monitor with two inputs. But that's going to not be the same as having two <laughs> monitors or one really big one. I, I do think it does matter kind of what you're doing uh, with both monitors. So maybe it's not the size that counts, but it's how you're using it. But um, I know like when I use my teleprompter, like I have 
my iPad, my 11 inch iPad pro, and it's hooked up with the Luna display and it's mirrored so that I can see it in my teleprompter. And that allows me to look at the screen and nothing else. Mm -hmm. But then I have like all of the administrative stuff that I need. Like if I'm doing a live stream or something like that, I can have the chat open in the other window and all of these other things. But I think with that, it's not necessarily like a, I want to see everything at one time. It's like, I want to see what I'm working on and then everything else. Like, I just want to know how I can get to it as quickly as possible. And I mean, if that's another screen, that's fine. If you're using a tool like Alfred and you can just quickly jump to it or, you know, context or whatever. Like, I don't think it matters where those exist, especially now when most of us can get away with having most of the applications that we use open at all times. And it's just sitting there in the background. Like, you know, it's there somewhere. You, you, you don't have to be like, well, let me open this and wait, you know, 20 minutes for Photoshop to start running again. Nowadays, you just kind of click it and it cuts on and, you know, 30 seconds or slightly more for the Intel folks. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall. It's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. Well, there's two things I think need to be considered if we're going to talk about monitor setups. And the first is um, if you have an M1 or if you are considering an M1 machine, that you can only push one screen with that right now. So if you are like me and went, well, I've got this this nice couple of monitors that's sitting on my desk. Um, you know, I'm going to hook them both up to my new, my shiny new M1 laptop, which is supposed to be the future. And everything is amazing in the future. And Apple did the whole, mm, no, uh, I get one screen. So I can only hook my M1 machine up to one of my monitors. Now my 2019 work computer, which is a 13 inch MacBook Pro, will drive both of these 4K displays and not break a sweat. So I think the thing that to to know about and the one behind me, the that's also an M1 machine, the M1 mini back there uh, only drives one screen unless you do some gyration to make the other one work. So that's a thing to consider if you are currently, you know, hashtag dual monitor life or whatever the young people call it these days. I don't know. Jay, tell us what the young people call it these days. Uh, we don't. Go on TikTok and tell <laughs> me what the young people call it and come back. We, we just um, don't. <laughs> so that's one thing to consider. But the other thing to consider, because this is a thing that I've been trying to do for a long time, is close the laptops and just have them sort of sit behind because they take up a lot of space on my desk by being open. But only just now, this week, this is news, Chuck. You're welcome. Apple finally made it so that you can buy the um, Touch ID keyboard that comes with the new colorful Macs. You can only yep. get a silver one, but it's got Touch ID. And part of the reason I really like having the, the laptops open, like literally the only reason, is because I can Touch ID to get into everything, to unlock stuff instead of entering a password <clears throat> for one password, which I use 
um, like I have the option of just, uh, you know, hitting the touch instead of having to type my password for everything. So now, the, of course, again, another downside, this is the great thing about having an M1 machine is that you can buy one of these external touch ID keyboards and it'll work. It won't work with my other computer. So I'm still kind of back at the same. Intel. Yeah. It's not going to work on an Intel machine. It only works if you have an M1. So, um, another thing to consider so if you are in the market for an M1 mini or you want to have an M1 laptop and close it and stick it behind your monitor on the thing like like Jim is doing, then there you go. Um, if you want to spend money, you can spend money. <laughs> yes, and you can buy. Well, mm -hmm. because it what? Yes, I have issues with it because it's a $150 keyboard before you add the number pad. And mm -hmm. it wasn't a $100 keyboard in the first place before you added $50 worth of touch ID. <laughs> I have strong feelings about keyboards. Well, we literally talked about that today on and that links to the article on Apple. <laughs> so. Apple's keyboard with no Touch ID is a hundred dollars. I know, but it's not a hundred dollar keyboard. That's my point. I know it costs a hundred dollars, but it's not a hundred dollars. This is not like any Apple product you could say that about. Um, no, by, by the way, those, worth it. Those computers uh, behind my main computer that I showed you at first, I only access those through oh my BMC. God. That's going back a ways. <laughs> Jim, you only access those what? I only access them through through VNC. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And and they're and they're not like the daily, but they're you know when I need to do tasks on different computers, then I'll I'll pull those up. Yeah. I am and, fascinated by the level of, J, of is, productivity Jay has with all these Jay keyboards doing everywhere. Over there? I, I, I don't oh, I'm just know. showing all of all of the money I've spent on keyboards from Apple. <laughs> I, I have two more of these laying around somewhere, including the one that runs on batteries. Um, but yeah, wow. like I feel like this is this is their way to get me every single time. Is they're like, oh, don't worry, here's a new keyboard. This one, well, this one does everything the old one did, but look. It's dark. It's half an inch wider, right? <laughs> Kelly, the Apple, the same the Apple are, right? keyboard is on, uh, the Apple keyboard so. is only half the price yeah. of the iPad sure. keyboard. Yeah, that's true. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Same so, one, Jay. I think we need a comparison: your your screen real estate versus your keyboard real estate. Um, my keyboard is about three quarters of my screen. If you're talking about this one. If you're talking about my Keychron, the one with the blinky lights and the click clack noises, um, that one's like half the size. And then the Travel Go keyboard is half of the screen. Yeah. There you go. Well, I was talking about aggregate, you know, because I think you have more keyboard space than screen space. And I oh. don't know how that factors into productivity, but it's entirely possible. I do too. Um, I mean, if you have three keyboards, you can type three times as fast, right? Is that how that yes. works? Yes, yeah, that's why I want to know about Jay's productivity. If yeah. you're an octopus, <laughs> if you're a lazy octopus, I mean, you should be able to type on eight keyboards, right? Here's my current keyboard. Oh, Kelly, your keyboard broke in half. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But you know, this, I think why this discussion, why? Yeah, this, this discussion is relevant because I, I know I'm. I'm going to point to David, but I know that most offices I go in now, when I do go in offices anymore, most desks have a two, at least a two monitor setup. You know that that screens now they may not be 27s and they may not be 4Ks, but you know the, the world has found out that yeah, you need more screen real estate than just one for a lot of tasks. So 
talking about the cost, talking about the size, talking about the configurations, I think is, you know, is, it was unexpected, but relevant. Oh, my so. office is is 100% two monitors. Every single desk in my office has two 24-inch monitors on their desk. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, th- I think the last office that I worked in was, we had an option. I think we had the 25-inch iMac, the Intel one. I had the older generation, not even the thin body, but the one that had some some meat on its bones. And then they had a, another like 24-inch monitor next to it. And to be honest, stuff got lost. I, I literally just disconnected it. Because also, like, yes, let's all yell at Apple for not making a consumer-level display that looks a lot like your iMac so that you don't have this pretty device that you spent a ton of money on and then another pretty device that's next to it. Instead you have like this silver thing and then this like all black thing that looks like yin and yang got together and, you know, had a fist fight next to each other. But (laughs) I honestly, just the little distractions like that, I would rather just work from one monitor instead of being like, well, I mean, I guess I can put twice as many windows on my screen, but also my desk looks uglier now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, one of the problems I have with uh, multiple monitors is a feature Apple took away from us. Do you remember? And it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. You could take a Finder window and split it across two windows, mm-hmm. right? And maybe for me that was a niche thing, but having a window that was half overlapping, so I could see part of what was in like a list while I'm working in a separate window and keep all the rest of that space clear was a big thing for me. And when that went away, it was like, why would I want to use dual monitors all the time? Has that ever worked in OS 10? Or was that, that, I remember that in classic Mac OS, but I don't think it's ever worked. I thought it worked in OS 10 for a while. Mm-hmm. I did, I did hey, too, right. but I've, I, I'm I not so. sure. Yeah. If you I move the finer window over to the left, classical it, mess. it goes to the left. Yeah, but crossing it over. So, like, I, I always thought it was especially fun if one window was black and white and the other was color and half the window would be in color. And it was it was kind of like Pleasantville. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, really flip people out and uh, get a quick time video playing. And drag it so it's on uh, uh, on two monitors. I, I was especially impressed as a programmer, knowing what must have gone into making that work. Um, I, I wonder if it did work in OS ten because I can't imagine why they would take it out if they ever put it in. Uh, Apple has people on staff whose job it is to figure <laughs> out what features to take out. And you think <laughs> I'm making a joke, yeah, but I'm right. not. <laughs> And how much what? to charge for removing those features. You're right. Ser- serious question, though. Could that have anything to do with resolution support? I mean, would that, if you if you had yeah. one 4K and one 1080p and you tried to split them, does it do weird things? I, I think uh, if you could manage color and black and white in one window, uh, then I don't think resolution would be a problem. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Especially is, is since... Mac OS supposed to be resolution independent? What about color profile dependent though? Because I know like my the resolution on my monitor is different than or sorry the color profile on my monitor is different than the color profile on the Retina displays. Well, that could but be. again, black and white versus color, they they that did work at one time. Yeah, and and yeah. multiple color profiles that didn't used to be a problem. I mean. 
you know, you could go into the color sync and set uh, profiles. You could have five monitors and each monitor would have a different profile and, uh, and it can handle that no problem. I could see that being a good use case for like graphic designers having multiple monitors. If you want to see something versus like, I mean, I'm mm -hmm. sure we have all used stuff like, um, I forgot what Apple calls it, but I've always used uh, Flux, F.Lux yeah. um, to adjust your color balance. But anytime I was doing any type of graphic design work, you'd need, you want to know what the actual color is so that you don't make, you know, some obvious mistake. I could see there being a good use case of having multiple monitors, one that has, you know, enough white balance to, to blind a man. And, you know, the other one being like the thing that you just look at most of the time. That way you can do a quick, you know, peek and pop little check and okay, yeah, no, that's the right color and then bring it back to what you're working on. Well, you can move windows across. You just can't have half a window on one and right. half on the other at the same time. Right. Whereas in, in the Windows world, you can. And, and, in and formerly, and in the Mac world, you used to be able to. Yeah, you, you know, they to, did yeah. make some changes to how NSViews worked with uh, backing layers. Maybe that's when that stopped. But a point to Jay. Boy, do I know how to kill a conversation. Yeah. Jay, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all sitting here like, wait, of, when was that? Mark, instead Mark. of having separate monitors, you know, you can have different profile, color profiles, you know, within a, right. for a same monitor. So you can accomplish that uh, the same way without you know, having to have, you know, all sorts of, you know, dead real estate for something you only use occasionally. I feel like that but, would be like, switching from light to dark mode and back and forth all the time. And I mean, I'm not a, I don't tend to be a dark mode person, but my, I usually put my apps in dark mode, but my system in light mode. And anytime something is just set up to be like system detected and I get blinded for a brief second, I was like, no, I, I, I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> I'd rather well, just have a nice control. soft white you glow into, next to me. Uh, you can go into monitors and you can select it. You can select uh, profile. That's still my biggest complaint about Safari. It is the smallest thing. And to me, the biggest thing is like if you're in a room that's low lit and you go open a new tab in Safari, <laughs> that second of blinding white before the page loads is offensive to me. And I wish it's I wish it would stop. <laughs> It's so it's such a small thing. And every year, like I can go back on Twitter and find like eight years ago or something where I was like, I really wish Apple would stop doing this because I find I, I think it's terrible. And it happens to this day. <laughs> oh, my retina. <laughs> yes. Mark, Mark I want to I want to clarify what you said, because I, I I think I I I think I know what I heard. But you said you can set different color profiles in the same monitor. Yes, but not at one time. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's where I yeah I thought. What do you mean? Because you said something about dead real estate. It's like I didn't know you could do that, and I didn't see how you could. But oh, okay, I was good. thinking instead of having multiple monitors on your desktop, that some you only use very rarely, you could just do it all with one monitor just by adjusting the color profile. Yeah. Okay. And you, color sync. You go into system. He's talking about system prof. Yes. Yeah. And color yeah. sync. Yeah. Jeff's got a point. The color sync utility is still a thing. I know lots of people who used to rely on that when I, in a previous life, worked with folks who did uh, pre-press work and stuff. They would like, here's 
the color profile I like to do all my work in. And then before I send anything off for proof or to go become like physical product, like I have to switch to this profile so that I see everything calibrated the way it's supposed to be so that I can tell what kind of adjustments I need to make before I send it all off to the printer or the screen person that, or, you know, whatever. A lot of serious photographers, you know, are, mm-hmm. you know, use that, you know, as well. I know, you know, oh, probably about 10 years ago, uh, you're doing a display you know, at, uh, at Macworld. You got, you know, some images from, uh, you know, uh, photographer who did a lot of work, you know, with, uh, with NASA and the space shuttle. And, you know, he gladly lent it, but he was absolutely adamant that, you know, <laughs> here's my color setting. You have to color balance your monitor. You know, here's, here's a light meter I use, you know, yada, 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 yada. He wanted to make sure that uh, his images were displayed the way he wanted them. And there was nothing up to chance about, uh, you know, a stray monitor or something else. So the tools are out there if people want to use them. Um, and I imagine for a lot of people, if they have to you know, go ultimately to some sort of physical output, you know, print, um, you know, there they need to absolutely register uh, you know, the color on their display with uh, the output mm-hmm. device. And Jess, speak- you have a video about that, right? Because you can do it with your phone now. Um, with Apple TV, yes, you can. Apple TV, right. with Apple TV, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and um, uh, Mark brought up something. I'm I'm totally taking us down a uh, a color rabbit hole. So so thank you for setting me up, Mark. And I'll do my best to hit it out of the park now. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, that I have always found interesting, and this goes back decades, because color sync is not a new technology. Um, is that people would get these color profiles and then expect that what they would see on every single display would look exactly the same. And, uh, and I would go into companies and help them get, uh, get all the profiles they needed and get everything set up right. And then they would say, well, this doesn't look like what I expect now. My screen doesn't look right. And, uh, and of course, it's because you're using a, a different color profile and not the horribly blue shifted look that uh, Apple displays historically had by default. But then they'd look at it on a on on the printer, uh, and uh, and they'd be like, "Well, are you sure this is right?" And it's because people just could never wrap their head around the fact that color sync doesn't synchronize color to make it look exactly the same across all devices. It tells all your devices, this is how I do color. So let's find that baseline and that common ground. So when I say this color, you know, it means this thing. And even though the color may not look exactly like what you expect it to on your screen, when it, when it gets printed, if, if that's your final destination, it's going to look like what you expect on the printer. Um, Or if you're doing something that's going to be on screen, it will look correct on your screen, but never on anyone else's because everyone else would have to have the exact same setup as you and no one does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, color is difficult. I mean, well, in the early days of, well, probably now too, of web shopping, you know, that was one of the biggest reasons that things, especially clothes, got returned because the the color wasn't right. It's not, that's blue? not what was. Yeah, that's what was not was on my screen, and of course, you know, their screen could have been tuned a dozen different ways. And you know, Kelly, to your point, you know, blue could have been closer to a purple. They were expecting a purple. They got a blue, and so oh my god! No. And what kind so, of lights do they have in the room where they're looking at the computer? Right. What yeah. color did they paint the walls? Or shirt? Yeah, did they have on? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're. The number of variables that that come into play is just crazy, and yeah. uh, 
I mean, I knew I was someplace serious about color when I'd go in and you'd go through the dark hall and you get to the door and you'd go in and they had the exact neutral gray for everything yeah. in the room. Yeah, like 17 and, and, uh, and then something. you'd see yeah. their desktop and there's, there's no color image. It was, it was uh, like 50% neutral gray for their desktop. And, uh, and you'd see colorimeters scattered all around everywhere. And, uh, and it's, it was, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Speaking of print and color, does anyone, did anyone catch the article? There was some, some Apple focused publication that shut down recently, right? Uh, nine to five magazine. Cultimac. Cultimac magazine. Cult of Mac Okay. Oh, right, right. Yeah. It was just it the was magazine a, part. Just the magazine. They had part. a magazine. <laughs> well, that's why they shut it down, Jim. And there you go. Yeah. So Jay, <laughs> were you Silent. going somewhere with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I was I was moving moving the conversation along. I didn't know if anyone had thoughts about that. I know um a lot of us were talking about kind of doing a lot of this for the sake of taking a digital format and making it a, you know, a tangible format, uh, something that you'd hold in your hand. Um, but I wonder how much of that is still an issue where you have, you know, publications that have been around for 15, 20 years now saying like, Hey, we're just gonna do the web thing now, or at least focus three times as much of our energy on the web thing and the web thing only. Well, I think you're, conflating two separate things one is use for you know, high quality color output you know is you know i think is where people want to have you know uh prints of photos and things and there's all sorts of uses for that i don't i don't i think that's completely distinct from you know a publisher deciding to deep six their print version and just focus on going online yes and no i think that I, I agree that yes, those might be two avenues, but I also wonder how much how much color optimization is one ready to do when you realize that most of the people viewing your artwork are going to be viewing it on a 10 inch screen um, that's going to butcher all of the color optimizations that you've made so that they can have it display however they want. And I, that that's more of what I'm saying. And that was kind of what, you know, I, I even remember going in and being like, okay, when you're in Photoshop, you have to set everything to RGB because if anything was like we had the print version and CMYK and we had RGB for all the digital stuff on our platform. And after a while, the digital platforms were like, look, we can take CMYK and convert it to RGB. You don't have to worry about that. We do it on our own. Um, I, I wonder if that art and that appreciation for the art form of making sure the colors are exactly right, making sure that you're down to the the digit on your, you know, hex color scheme. I wonder how much that's a big deal now when a lot of people are just, I mean, in my world, using something like Tailwind and saying, I want it to be blue. And like mm -hmm. it becomes this soft shade of blue and 
Our conversation about big monitors and multiple monitors and color spaces was completely unplanned on this edition of Mac Voices Live, but it turned into something very interesting. And we wrap that up in the next edition before we dig into uh, the next topic, which is some of my personal experiences of a week, week and a half without an Apple Watch. You'll find out why and hear more next time on Mac Voices. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.